chapter twelve of the subjection of isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the subjection of isabel carnaby by ellen thornycroft fowler chapter twelve fabia's marriage while gabriel carr was endeavouring for the sake of his health to let the grass grow under his feet in marshire mrs paul seaton was doing nothing of the kind in london she had made up her mind to give fabia vipart in marriage to charles gaythorne and she allowed herself no rest until this mission was safely accomplished over the trousseau she was simply indefatigable she loved clothes other women's as well as her own even in isabel's smallnesses there was nothing really small and she and fabia were drawn nearer to each other over this said trousseau than they had ever been before there is a wonderful freemasonry among all the women who love clothes which the uninitiated cannot in the least understand or enter into fabia had grown much more amiable since her engagement success had a beneficial effect upon her as it has upon so many people and now that she was about to make what the world calls an excellent match she received unstintingly that praise of men which is only accorded to those who do well unto themselves true her relations with charlie gaythorne were by no means ideal in their nature she regarded him with mingled feelings of contempt and gratitude gratitude for what he had and contempt for what he was and there was no modicum of love in the composition as for him he was more infatuated with her than ever and the blindness of his adoration and the slavishness of his worship were just the things most calculated to strengthen fabia's present attitude towards him had he shown himself in his dealings with her the man that he really was it would have been better for her and better for him but he did not and so like the rest of us he had to bear the consequences of his own want of wisdom there is nothing so severely punished in this world as a blunder a crime is oftentimes forgiven still oftener undiscovered but a blunder has to meet its liabilities even to the uttermost farthing and this is usually done in the full light of day before an audience that neither spares nor pities naturally fabia had not forgotten her encounter with the vicar of st ethaldretta's but her feelings for him also were mixed she was to a certain extent angry with him for his treatment of her but she was nothing like as angry as isabel would have been in similar circumstances with all her faults and doubtless she had many fabia was no egotist she was able to regard a thing or a person apart from that thing or that person's relation to herself and she could not therefore fail to admire gabriel's uprightness and singleness of heart even though these had combined to her own undoing moreover she had loved him from the moment that she discovered that he was stronger than she his very sternness which would have repelled a typically western woman was irresistibly attractive to the oriental strain in fabia's nature 
she was born of a race of women who were accustomed to obey and the more masterful a man was the readier was she to fall down and worship him and therefore nothing could have been more inimical to their future happiness than the humble and deferential attitude which captain gaythorne adopted towards his bride-elect what is going to happen to mrs gaythorne paul asked of his wife in one of the few moments which she spared to him out of the whirl of nuptial preparations happen to her what on earth do you mean nothing is going to happen to her that i know of she isn't going to be married heaven forbid but isn't she going to turn out to make room for fabia mrs gaythorne turn out to make room for anybody oh paul what an idea you'll be asking next whether the sun isn't going to turn out to make room for some acetylene gas company or other or whether london isn't going to turn out to make room for the garden city paul smiled but he held his ground i thought mothers-in-law always turned out when their sons married went to a dower house or something of that kind don't you know but isabel met him with open scorn dower house indeed think of mrs gaythorne in a dower house i don't believe the dower house is built that would contain mrs gaythorne mrs gaythorne is an excellent woman began paul but his wife interrupted him i know what you are going to say that her only failing is infallibility and i agree with you but it is a common fault wrexham has it badly and so have others i often wonder what people like wrexham and mrs gaythorne do to pass the time while the rest of the congregation are repeating the general confession you are a bit inclined that way yourself oh isabel paul looked really hurt his wife patted his shoulder encouragingly it is only a tendency in your case not a really vicious virtue at present but if you don't take care to make not less than one trifling mistake a week and to be wrong on some unimportant matter at least every other day you'll most assuredly be infallible by the time you are fifty but you can't locate infallibility in a dower house at any price its natural habitations are vaticans and places of that kind well all i can say is then that i pity poor fabia mrs seaton shook her head i don't she won't mind she likes mrs gaythorne better than she likes me oh i say that's impossible you are talking nonsense my darling nobody could like mrs gaythorne better than they like you not even old gaythorne himself if he were alive possibly not mr gaythorne was a man but heaps of women would fabia included well with one notable exception i haven't a very high opinion of female intellect as you know but i must say i don't think so badly of the sex as all that and paul touched the tip of his wife's ear caressingly he wanted to stroke her hair but experience had taught him that when a woman's hair is what she calls done he is a brave man who even in the way of kindness lays his hand upon it you never do mrs gaythorne justice paul by jove i do though i think she is the most overbearing and dominating woman that providence ever made bar none isabel sighed reproachfully that comes of being a radical you radicals don't really appreciate our old national institutions such as the divine right of kings and the established church and the penny postage and mrs gaythorne these things are part of the empire 
are they paul laughed and kissed his wife then do respectable old whigs such as yourself appreciate them we do for my own part i feel towards mrs gaythorne exactly as i feel towards the british constitution and the union jack and the house of hanover they rouse noble and patriotic feelings in me they make me proud of my country they induce me to thank the goodness and the grace and heaps of things like that roast beef on sunday has exactly the same effect and so have handel's music and some of macaulay's essays isabel was quite right mrs gaythorne had not the slightest intention of turning out to make room for anybody nor would charlie ever have imagined such a thing possible in his wildest dreams and to tell the truth fabia did not altogether object to the present arrangement she did not care enough for her future husband for the prospect of a solitude a deux to offer any attractions to her and she entertained a very strong and real regard for mrs gaythorne the very masterfulness of the elder woman fascinated her and held her captive since strength of any kind appealed to fabia as has been remarked before miss vipart doubtless had her faults but she was of a stuff which is not bad raw material for the fashioning of daughters-in-law good daughters-in-law not being in any way synonymous with good daughters or good wives much is written and said about mothers-in-law little or nothing about daughters-in-law yet the one class is as important as the other and has equally its distinguishing characteristics roughly speaking the better a woman is as a daughter or a wife the less satisfactory she will prove as a daughter-in-law and this in the very nature of things for the more devoted she is to her husband the more will she resent and be jealous of any influence which in any way whatever comes between her and him and the more devoted she is to her own people the less will she be in sympathy with the customs and traditions of another family it is all a part of the great law of compensation no woman can be a success in every relation of life no woman can be a failure in all therefore when all her little world condemns tiresome old mrs jones because she does not properly appreciate that charming young mrs jones who was so excellent a daughter in the days when she was miss smith let it remember that the very characteristics which make mrs jones jr a helpmeet for young jones and a polished corner in the temple of the house of smith are the very characteristics which are most aggravating and irritating to young jones's mother and that probably in this matter the disagreeable old lady has far more to try her than the amiable young one and should be judged accordingly since we can none of us escape the defects of our qualities so it came to pass that when the season was drawing to a close when women recklessly put on their best clothes and their finest conversation for dinner parties and did not take the trouble to go to non-rsvp parties at all when bills which would have travelled through parliament at the rate of the south-eastern earlier in the session now rushed through it with the speed of falling stars when the streets smelled of wood pavement and cabbage stalks and there was neither excitement nor oxygen in the air then did charles gaythorne take to wife fabia vipart 
with much show and ceremony and ringing of bells and give her the right for the first time in her life to meet her equals with equality and to be of as well as in the fashionable world in short he admitted her within the precincts and endowed her with the freedom of the red cord for the which she was accordingly thankful End of chapter 12